This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. What up, podcast fam? Happy Monday. Hope you all had an amazing weekend and are getting ready for an incredible week ahead. I'm so excited to be releasing this episode today with my friend, mentor, brother, Sunil. Sunil actually was on the show about a year ago on the first episode ever. And in this episode, we dive into how to make 2021 the best year ever. One of the topics we jump into in depth is how to build resilience and how to navigate when life throws you curveballs and life throws hardship your way, how to navigate that storm and how to come out better as a result. I loved a lot of tangible, practical advice in this episode. Always love Sunil's wisdom. So with that, enjoy the show. Yeah, so I'm bringing back the show. I went on a little hiatus for a couple months. Been busy trying to make the show a little bit better. And yeah, so I wanted to have you back on. And I thought instead of discussing grief and all that, Sure, if the conversation goes there, awesome. But I thought we would discuss more about mindset and how you've been navigating during this last year and how people can potentially make 2021 the best year yet. So yeah, that's what I wanted to dive into today. And it's interesting because, well, one, who you are, but two, because of what you do professionally, I thought you'd have a lot of interesting insight, perspective, and thoughts on this. But me, my own personal take from this last year, like 2020, obviously on the macro, and I think we've discussed this before, the world is complete chaos, disaster, so many terrible things happening around the world. And I'm very cognizant about that. But on the micro, it has not slowed me down one bit. If anything, it's also made me look a little bit more introspectively as to the life I was building, how I want to spend my time, and made me think more introspectively to only make this upcoming year and last year, like a great year. So yeah, I thought it would be interesting to dive into all those fun topics. Love it, brother. I'm excited to do that. Lots of thoughts to share with you. Yeah. How was the end of your 2020? It was great. Um, Millie and I took uh, two full and proper weeks off, uh, which we very much needed at the end of a long year, uh, just with the world, generally speaking, right? we were in the category of people. We are in the category of people who are extremely fortunate through this whole time of being healthy and having a lot of resources and a very comfortable situation in the midst of the madness. But it was also really difficult, you know, to navigate in different micro ways. 
and we both had an unexpectedly very full year professionally, which was awesome, but left us pretty exhausted by the end of the year. So we got a few weeks off to hang out with our little boys and uh, just hit pause and rest and uh, re-energize ourselves. And we started the year fully rested uh, and ready to go, which was a wonderful feeling. And even with this crazy first month we've had in a lot of ways, again, with the macro volatility raging, still retaining much of that from that reset. So it's great. Mm, Love it. I was thinking about this a lot the other day. Like what defines a great year, a good year, a bad year, and a shit year? (laughs) Because I think about like my my personal journey in life and even professionally where I've had some years where I've been like, "Mm," where maybe I wasn't acting with as much intention. But just like when I look back on that year, I'm like, oh, that was still a great year. But some shitty things happened that year. And I feel like these days I'm more just in this like, I don't know. I think I texted you one day. I was on the beach and maybe watching like the sunset. This was a few months ago. And I texted you that I'm making this new commitment that no matter what, I'm committing to live in a beautiful state. And I recognize the privilege that I have and the fortunate circumstances that I'm in. But I do feel like that frame or that mindset of being and committing to this idea of being in this beautiful state, it's hard to pull me out of that. And I'm just like, since I'm there, this year is going to be a great year. I don't know what this year will bring, but that's what I've been flowing with recently. I love it. And that's really what my answer was going to be of how do you tell the difference between uh, a great year, a good year, uh, an average year, and a shitty year. And it's just as high level or intangible as it sounds, it's in your mind, right? It's all up to you in terms of how you want to look at things, frame things, understand all the things that happen, right? Uh, And so I'm sort of a firm believer in that. I think this last year offered a lot of lessons to people for that, right? And it's something you and I have talked about before, where having a very difficult thing happen to you in your life and, and getting, you know, proverbially punched in the face by it can force you to develop an ability to reframe something or have a different perspective or um, you know lead with abundance over scarcity, a lot of things you and I have talked about. But you know, if you don't have that, right, you beautifully posed this uh, online uh, a few weeks ago, how can people appreciate and be grateful without having to be sort of punched in the face or have, have something really shitty happen to them? It's something I think about all the time. And as I mentioned to you, we'll be thinking about forever. But what we saw happen this last year was there was this collective punch in the face from the situation of of the pandemic. Even if, again, you were fortunate enough to keep your job and be able to work from home and not contract the virus and have everything generally intact for you, there were a lot of challenges of not being able to see family or uh, having to you know work in a small apartment or have issues with your relationship or with your kids or homeschooling or whatever else, right? And I think from my perspective, there's a lot that can be taken from that to go forward to be able to shape this point of, if I can go through this past year and appreciate the good things that happened and some of the things I was awakened to or realized for myself, again, in the midst of an abjectly like pretty shitty year, like no one wants to see 2020 happen again. <laughs> uh, but if I can do that, then you know, I can be able to see sort of the goodness or greatness in, in any year, right? That's my perspective on it. Yeah. In the moment, it's definitely hard to navigate 
when you're in the storm, right? But when you get out of it or when you get through it or when you see the light, and it's interesting too, because for both of us, we could talk about grief, but people maybe told me, try to comfort me. You might not feel it or see it now, but there will be light at the end of this dark road. But I think some blows are so painful that there really is never a light in some ways. It's just right. Your, your take or your perspective or your ability to take that, that experience in life and take something from it, take something positive from it. Because I'm thinking more specifically about grief, but also people's situations that I know personally. And it's like, there's no light in that. It's more if they want to take that and say, this happened to me. Now what? Yep, absolutely. There's two things that come to mind in terms of what you can do in the moment, to your point of it can, can be hard when you're processing the thing, dealing with the the difficult life moment or personal moment to remember some of these things. But I think there's two things I'll highlight that uh, we all can do. And then there's one thing that I'm a firm believer in and, and practicer of that we can all do to help prepare us for those moments. Starting at what you can do in the moment, the two things that come to mind are acceptance and opportunity, right? So this this first point of acceptance sounds really simple, but it's a hard thing to, to practice of just not fighting that thing mentally. So like the cards you've been dealt are the cards you've been dealt. This happened. Hmm. I can't change it. It is now a reality. I'll give you a really silly but relatable example for any parent who listens to this conversation. Our uh, adorable, healthy, wonderful younger son, Amr, is 15 months old right now. He, for the most part, sleeps really well overnight. In an ideal way, he'll wake up between 6.30 and 7 o'clock, which might sound early for some people, but that's pretty much uh, heavenly for my wife and I. Randomly, three or four times a week, he will wake up between 5.30 and 6 o'clock. And it's exhausting, and I'll have gotten up to read or meditate or get some stuff done or work out or just sort of start my day in that hallowed quiet time before uh, the household gets going, and he'll wake up crying, right? And it's happened again this morning. Uh, and you have two responses in that moment. Can I think about why did this happen? Why did he get up? Did we do something different yesterday? When's he going to start sleeping uh, later again? Or you can just accept it. Yep, he got up early. Here he is, my adorable, so happy to see me. Way too much energy for 5.40 in the morning sun. And I'm just going to mentally stop fighting that. Right? And the, the part that's hard about this is you're not doing anything differently, whether you accept or not, in terms of like your actions. You're still going to sit there with the, the kid, change their diaper, feed them, play with them a little bit, just be around, make sure they're safe and okay. But your mind is a lot different when you accept it versus, you know, you'll be a lot more present versus sitting there thinking, man, this sucks. Woe is me. It's dark. It's cold. This is hard, et cetera, et cetera. So <laughs> again, it's a, it's a very basic, simple, trivial example, but we all have moments like this in the course of our day. It's right? so funny. So a few weeks ago, my dog kept waking up in the middle of the night because we were feeding her like maybe a bone that was just like too rich. And I'm reflecting as you say this, because every night, this happened like three nights in a row, I'd be like, gosh, this is so fucking annoying. And it's not like I would go right back to sleep after. But it really in the moment, I was like, this is so annoying. I would get frustrated. And 
obviously now I'm sitting here just talking to you. I'm like, what a, what a waste of energy. What a waste of energy and time to have the mindset of like, oh, this is so annoying because I can think on, and I was literally just telling someone this the other day, someone I know parents aren't doing too well, but they should be okay. And ultimately they should be okay about going through a rough patch. And I was thinking just like where I went in my head was that you can't control what you can't control. And until there's a reason to worry, even then there's almost no reason to worry because ultimately you just can't control what will be what will be. And I feel like that it's very much sort of what you're saying. But when my mom was sick, that was because I knew that she was ultimately going to die. And I knew there wasn't really, let's call it a, a happy ending to this story. There was very much, I adapted this mindset of acceptance, thinking that I'm not going to have anxiety or stress about all the what ifs here because I can't control it. Yep. What will be, will be. So I don't know. And I guess in some ways, it's very much like, you know, I talked to some people about COVID and all that now, and a lot of people are very panicked. Have you seen anyone? Have you worn a mask? Otherwise, I won't see you, etc. And I might be doing everything that I deem as safe and I'm cautious, etc. But at this point, personally, I'm still living my life. But I got a haircut two days ago, wore my mask, etc. But I'm not going to sit personally inside panicking. I got a haircut. The guy coughed in his mask. Am I going to think if I get it, I get it. It will be what it will be. But there's a lot to learn from acceptance. And it's funny because I think about my mom and then I think about the dog and how, how silly it is that the dog is the thing that annoyed me. I think the dog is, is a beautiful example because the way to build this muscle for all of us to be able to, I think, deal with some of the harder points to accept is to do it with the the day-to-day frustrations, right? The, um, the, the challenges of life, of relationship, of friendship, of work, of whatever. This point of acceptance of, I'm just, I'm not going to fight this thing. Okay, it happened. And um, th- I'm not saying we shouldn't think about what could I do differently, if anything, to prevent it from happening again, if it's something I don't want to happen, or uh, you know, thinking about your responsibility or your role in, in that thing happening. Those are all very healthy and productive things to do. When I talk about acceptance, it's sort of fighting the reality of what is, right? The sort of, and you could, that, that would manifest itself in the uh, Danny, I can't believe my dog keeps getting up at two in the morning. Yeah. Right? Can't believe this dog is like this. My friend has the dog exact same way and their dog doesn't do this. Right? <laughs> so acceptance, I think, is this first point of whatever has happened. People can think about this last year of um, the reality, you know, to be able to, in the moment, calm yourself down and um, make the most of it, right? Which is mm. uh, a lead into the, the second thing uh, to focus on in the moment, and that's opportunity. And this is a really powerful question to ask yourself, which is, what can I do with this thing? Mm. Or specifically, what is this presenting an opportunity for me to do, shift, learn, consider, right? This thing that's happened, that's hard. And maybe the answer sometimes is is nothing. If it's the trivial thing or whatever else, there might not be an opportunity to do much. But oftentimes... There is something. And again, taking it back to the example of this year of um, people uh, struggling with work from home setups or uh, not being able to see certain people or having anxiety around something. Hey, maybe this is an opportunity for me to work on myself in some way, 
right? Or maybe this is an opportunity for me to slow down. I've been trying to do this for a while and this is allowing me to do that. So these points of acceptance and opportunity are, are symbiotic in that way. Acceptance can allow you to ask that question of uh, what is this an opportunity to do? And you know, asking that question of what, what opportunity is presenting can help with the acceptance piece, right? So they can reinforce each other a little bit. And then one of the questions I love asking myself and others right now going into this year coming out of this last one is, what do you want to carry forward? What practices, what new ways of connecting with your friends or your family or your work or yourself do you want to carry forward and not just have it be a, oh, that was a COVID thing for me Mm. when I worked out in the middle of the day or I uh, had dinner with my family every night (laughs) or, you know, I started uh, playing um, an instrument that I've always thought about because, uh, you know, I was feeling kind of bored and cooped up and I wanted to do something different, right? So, you know, that's sort of on a very tactical level. I think something we can all think about that's easy to say, oh, we can't wait to go back to normal uh, and uh, for things to be back to where they were. To be clear, uh, I cannot wait for the vaccine to be safely and broadly available for the general population, for the most needed to get it as soon as possible first and then the rest of us so that we can do a lot of those things. But I'm just as much focused on, you know, what do I want to capture and carry forward? from this last year, again, a mindset, a practice, et cetera. And then that comes from, again, the acceptance and the focus on on opportunity. Yeah, it's sort of like asking yourself, what now? Yeah, exactly. This year, I think, has been so fascinating. It might be the people that I'm surrounding myself with, but not like I, too, want this to be over. I want to be able to see my grandma, see my friends, see my family, and not have to stress or worry on on all fronts sometimes i'm the one that's stressed sometimes other people are like where have you been who have you seen you know it just makes life more complicated but i really think that when i think about my inner circle a lot of people personally i think they're living better so-called lives quality of lives now than they were previously maybe like you said getting that workout in the middle of the day that they always wanted but couldn't spending time with their family that they didn't. You know, for me personally, I lived in my house with my sisters and my brother-in-laws, my fiance, and we all lived here for like four four months. And it was it was chaos, but it was awesome. You know, like there was, at times it was annoying, but we made all these happy memories. And even my oldest sister was like, she was sad when we all sort of split apart and went our, went our separate ways again and went back to a more normal life, right? Where we weren't living one on top of the other in this house. But I don't know, you know, like I I feel a lot of people have, and I don't want to speak so broadly because obviously there are plenty of people who have been dealt incredibly difficult and challenging hands. But I guess I'm fascinated by the number of people that I think are living better quality lives now. And I don't want to say it's because of COVID, it's because of what they chose to do as a result. Absolutely. And th- that's a good connection to the the thing I think we can all do on a continual basis to be able to, in the moment, do these two things I talked about just now that are very simple and straightforward and understandable, but to be clear, really freaking hard in terms of accepting and focusing on the opportunity, right? What opportunities this thing presenting me? That's hard to do in the moment when you are overwhelmed and stressed and anxious and frustrated and all these negative emotions running through you. And 
for me, the, the thing that allows the space for acceptance and uh, embracing opportunity is resilience, which begs the question of, okay, so how do you work on resilience? How do you build resilience? And one of the things I've come to understand both through my own practice as well as reading about this is the genuine benefits this is scientifically proven and, and written about and, and I've felt it of a consistent gratitude practice. I'm smiling as you say that because you brought up resilience and I was going to ask, what about gratitude? What is your gratitude practice? It is at the end of both of my daily meditations. I'll meditate for 20 minutes twice a day. And at the end of that, I'll have two minutes of conscious thought to kind of come out of my meditation. And the conscious thought is a combination of sending love, energy, good wishes to people who come to mind. Someone I spoke to that day, a client I met with, a family member, an anonymous person, just someone in my mind I think of who's just struggling in the world, combined with the gratitude practice of thinking of these three things I'm thankful for. And sometimes it's some high level, my health, my circumstance in life. Other times it's the coffee I made this morning mm. or the fact that my son slept till 6.45 today, right? <laughs> Um, it, it can be that just, you know what, I'm, this is great. This is awesome. Um, or that I'm cozy inside when it's really not cozy outside right now, right? And I do that you know, religiously every day. And you know, some people do this in writing to start the day. In other, there's so many different forms. But for me, the point is the consistency. And then appreciating that it doesn't have to always be, again, these sort of lofty, high-minded things that you're surfacing gratitude for. It can be the mundane. It can be Emily giving you a hug in the middle of the day. Uh, it can be uh, the friend who, who texted you after not hearing from them for a while, right? And that, to me, is a huge builder of resilience. If you can do that regularly, and again, I can appreciate that the everything we're talking about today, this has been a took me a long time to appreciate this point. Everything we're talking about is so simple and straightforward and understandable, yet difficult to to do yeah difficult to practice because it requires the sort of internalization of it the discipline around it holding yourself to it but this thing is if you can just practice uh have some sort of gratitude practice it doesn't have to be any specific kind but some sort of gratitude practice on a regular basis i'm a firm believer that it's going to build resilience within you and how that helps then is when the thing happens that's unfortunate or frustrating or unfair, you have a greater ability to get to acceptance and mm. think about embracing the opportunity because you can appreciate, got a lot of good things going on here too, whether it was the hug from Emily or that coffee in the morning or your health or you know being financially secure, right? So that to me is a core ingredient of resilience is this consistent gratitude practice. I'm trying to put myself like in Danny Goldberg's life two years ago when my mom was sick. And I'm trying to imagine myself sitting there, being in those circumstances and trying to find, it's really hard. I'm trying to find if I would have had the strength or the ability to see the things I'm grateful for during you know those terrible times in your life when you are dealing with the storm, you know, when you're deep in the storm. And I guess it's, it's just funny as I reflect on that for a second. The eulogy I gave my mom's funeral, I started it off by saying things I'm grateful for. 
Because I remember like one day we got lunch, and I was telling you everything is gray. The world's terrible. But maybe I was able to see some things that I was grateful for. But it is so, it's just so challenging when things are bad, you know, to see any light. But I suppose if you maybe have that gratitude practice and you're practicing that with intention on a regular basis, and that is a part of your daily life, maybe then in those moments when life challenges you, you might be able to not necessarily push through, just know that still see some some light elsewhere in the world. Absolutely. I don't know if someone approached you. I don't know. I guess sometimes it's just time because, you know, if someone was really dealing with some something challenging, it's very hard to, to tell them, hey, you know, you try practicing uh, what you're grateful for right now. <laughs> Again, and th- this is something that, as I mentioned, it's a hard thing to do in the moment. Yeah. This is not the, the test you can cram for. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. Hey, Danny, be really resilient right now. I have a gratitude journal. Yeah. And I started it probably December. Like I only recently started it. But I have to say like it's completely transformed my life almost to a place where now I have a new fault where the little shit that bothers other people, I'm like, come on, this isn't something to stress about. And it almost makes me feel at times that I lack empathy for the other person that is frustrated that the waiter brought the wrong dish over, that the food is cold, that the heater won't turn on. So every day in my gratitude book, I write a few things, but almost every day like clockwork, first thing I write when I get up is health. And like, I really believe it that if I wake up, and I've definitely said this to you before, and I've said it on my podcast before, if I wake up with shelter, clean water, the ability to take a warm shower, a comfortable bed, but even if you removed all those things from me, and I woke up with my health, I already feel like I'm winning. Yep. And that goes back to how I started the podcast, how I said, like, no matter what, I'm going to commit to live in this beautiful state. Yep. And I really, like, I really feel like if I have my health, I don't care that the food's cold, that the heat won't work. Like, I'm good. You know, I'm good. Like, I don't know at this point in my life, like, it would take something tremendous, I feel, to ruin my day, to ruin my week, to ruin my year. Like something truly, I don't even know if at that point might be difficult, but I don't know. Like health is just such a, it's just such a baseline for me where I'm like, I got this, today's a blessing. Yep. A few things come to mind. Again, just reiterating the point that resilience is something you need to be building on an ongoing basis. Again, in my mind can be done in a big way through a gratitude practice, but can be hard to access in the moment. And it's important that you don't try to force that for yourself or certainly on someone else. Right? In the moment, you can encourage yourself or the other person if you're, if you're trying to help someone through something or talking to them on these points of acceptance and you know, embracing opportunity, you know, just helping them get to that point. But the point to appreciate is you can often get to the, there on your own uh, in terms of acceptance and embracing opportunity if you've built this resilience. Right, so this whole idea of how can I be self-sufficient? How can I coach myself through this? How can I? This is something I work on a lot in my work with other people. Is to say, hey, let me help you build this, these muscles for yourself, right? So you can navigate this on your own. But to to take it to your example, if I may, for a second, because this is a, a wonderful opportunity to do so. This uh, beautiful point of I've internalized 
my gratitude work so much that I find myself bothered by people sweating the small stuff or uh, unable to empathize with the the person who's pissed off at the waiter for uh, bringing the wrong drink, right? That in and of itself right there, you could stop for a second and say, acceptance, an opportunity. I'm going to accept that Michelle is this way. Just going to accept that. Michelle, is she is this way. She did that thing. She said that thing to the waiter and is upset. I can't change it. It's a, re- it's a fact. It's a reality. Everyone can see it. I'm just going to accept that. Okay? I'm not going to say, why does she do that? What's wrong with her? Doesn't she realize what a tough job this person has? Covering 10 tables right now. It's not even a big deal. And then, okay, is there any opportunity here for me? Yeah, this is an opportunity for me to deepen my empathy. Cool. How can I do that? Well, I'm just going to not be as uh, annoyed with her or passive aggressive uh, with her in my comment on like, is it really that big of a deal or uh, the other drink will come soon. So even in those moments, right? Uh, this is what I'm talking about when it's like not the life changing moment, the stuff we all human beings, I get bothered by all sorts of weird, petty things, that nature. There's so many chances we get on a regular basis for this. But if you can shift quickly to this, accepting it, like that's what the reality is, instead of questioning or uh, lamenting it, and then saying, what's this an opportunity to do? It's an opportunity for you, who's already a beautifully empathetic human being, to deepen that. Mm-hmm. Right? So now you're thinking about this whole thing in a very different way than, man, I can't believe these people complaining about this stupid shit. <laughs> what is their problem? Which is yeah. not a like positive thought or feeling to have, to be clear. You don't enjoy thinking that or feeling that way. It doesn't, nah. make, you, doesn't make you feel better about your perspective. It just is like, a, ugh, this isn't fun. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. If you don't really come and be hang out, do I want to hang out with these people? Do I even like these people? Uh, <laughs> right? And you can go down a really negative and uh, unnecessary uh, rabbit hole that way. It sounds like you pondered or thought about this quite a bit that, you know, you have these tools that you can give to someone to try to become more resilient, live in a greater state of gratitude, face head on, you know, tough things and move forward. Is this something as a result of living through the last year or is this something that you sort of already had prior? I'm just curious, more so that you give these tools that are tangible that people can apply in their own life. So again, it's something I've always thought about in terms of how can you help build resilience in in people who haven't had to persevere through difficult things in life? And how can you introduce this this mindset of uh, of acceptance and um, these tools of acceptance and embracing opportunity, right? And on the, the former, again, this last year brought the circumstance of everyone having to persevere through things in some way shape or form right doesn't matter how privileged uh, you were it was challenging in some way right so it was a, a good opportunity to think through that while again with my own work on myself and uh, sort of exploration of these topics realizing okay even if you don't have that moment or event or time to persevere through you can control this you don't have to go find or look for something bad to happen to you to get through. You can control this just by developing a, a gratitude practice and practicing that on a regular basis. The acceptance and embracing opportunity points 
again, this last year offered so many examples and instances <laughs> for people. You know, in a normal course of things, there are plenty, as you and I just talked about, right? The three surface level ones that we brought up today don't have anything to do with COVID or the last year. Right? <laughs> uh, I'm waking up too early, your dog, uh, you know, wake you up at two in the morning and someone who's uh, sweating the small stuff at dinner, those are not COVID related. So they'll come up regardless. But this past year, I think brought up a lot of opportunities for people to like, further build this muscle. Kind of, if you want to think about this, given the fantastic athlete you are and the training you've done, this last year was um, marathon training for everybody if they chose to participate. Right. Uh, in that, that mirror, that the mental marathon, right? Yeah. Hey, I can train because I've got so many more opportunities uh, on a regular daily basis for practicing acceptance and embracing opportunity. Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think one of the things also that I personally have taken away from 2020 is the idea of abundance. And I know this is a big one for you, but I think it's funny when people say there's no opportunity or it's saturated or, you know, someone asked me, they were telling me an idea and they said, do you think this is a good idea? It's a competitive market. Maybe it's too saturated. And I really, I thought about what they were saying. And I was thinking, even having that mindset is almost coming from a scarcity mindset. Whereas you could approach things with the abundance mindset that there's enough for everyone. There's a piece for everyone. This was obviously in regards to business, but I think that it's no different than like if you get someone got let go and they say, hey, I can't get a job. There's no job opportunities. No one's hiring right now. It's COVID. And, you know, I heard a lot of people say that and try and put myself in their shoes. I'd be like, I'd be approaching that from an abundance mindset. There are obviously plenty of companies that aren't hiring right now, but equally, there probably are plenty of companies that are hiring right now. Yeah. It's just one thing that sort of, for whatever reason, and what you were saying rang a bell for me. What would you say has been like the single biggest lesson for you in your life? in 2020? Two different things are, are coming to mind. And I not necessarily lessons, but just things I'm holding from this past year. One of them is my acceptance muscle is, well, both my acceptance and embracing opportunity muscles are so much stronger because I recognize the opportunity to work them out pretty much daily through this last uh, you know, year-long period um, in some way, shape, or form. So that's a, a thing I'm really grateful for. In the moment, it's exhausting and uh, tiring because, again, to be clear, it's easier to just complain about the thing or lament it. You know, why is this happening to me? Why is it this way? As opposed to push yourself to accept it and then you know, embrace what opportunity it's giving you. So that's one thing. The second thing is something I've sat with for a while um, and it's kind of further cemented in my brain, also a difficult point to hold. And that's the one of duality. And I think I've talked to you about this before, which is two seemingly opposing contradictory things can be true at the same time, right? And you and I have talked about it before in the context of the difficult life circumstance that initially brought us together of, you know, losing a parent early in life, which is one of the worst, if not worst things to ever happen to me or you. And also the source of so much good, including 
me and you having an incredibly deep connection and friendship and brotherhood right um and uh, and so what this last year cemented uh on the point of duality is that both things could be true for me at the same time in terms of i don't have any real problems uh it was my family and i stayed healthy we had the resources to navigate this time we were able to shut ourselves off and work from home and manage all our risks and operate fairly normally all things considered and at the same time it was really stressful and difficult and tiring and anxiety inducing at times and you know i think oftentimes people say oh, both these things can't be tried but you know i have to pick one yeah i've got it great danny i have nothing to complain about i can't complain Right. When that thing is just going to come up later, if you sort of deny the fact that this has been hard for you or strain on your relationship or, you know, pushed you in a difficult way. Or they'll say, no, I'm just going to, yeah, I, I have these things, but man, this, this sucks. And I'm going to lead into that. Right. Versus maintaining a more content equilibrium around it of like, yeah, both of the things are there. And some days, you know, one is dominating the other, but I'm going to hold the, the space for both of them. So for me, 2020 highlighted the point of duality. Two opposing things can be true at the same time. And if you could force your brain to hold both of them, it, I think it's a, uh, a huge point of evolution as a human being to be able to do that. And 2020 was an incredible opportunity for me to build my muscles of acceptance and embracing opportunity. Mm, love it. Well, I think tons of bits of gold in this episode. Thanks so much for uh, coming on and jumping in and talking about the year. And hopefully we, uh, you know, gave some tools and some things that people can apply in their lives to make 2021 the best year yet. Pleasure as always, Danny. Thank you for having me, brother. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Bits of Gold podcast. I hope you liked that episode as much as I enjoyed recording with Sunil. If you liked that episode, please do me a favor like my show, subscribe, share with a friend, and leave a review. It would mean the world. With that, new episode dropping every single Monday morning to help you navigate hard times and ultimately build your dream life. Have an amazing week, my friends, and go out there and make 2021 the best year yet. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com